You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 283. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki. And inside of my signature coaching program, Macros 101, one of the bedrocks of the program is coaching. And the type of coaching that you get inside of Macros 101 is very different from lots of different programs that you've probably been in, in the way that I coach, in the way that I ask questions, in the way that I dive deep down into what's truly keeping someone stuck and being able to work on a transformation from the inside out, recognizing that when we change the way we think, when we change the way that we show up, that naturally our physical uh, appearance, our physical attributes become a byproduct of, of that. And so every so often I like to bring you a coaching call conversation from uh, one of my programs so that you can kind of not only see what coaching is like inside of my programs, but also start to get the benefit of being able to listen to other people get coached. There is incredible value in hearing somebody else ask a question that maybe you've wondered yourself and get coached through it. And today's topic is a doozy because it's one that I think so many women can relate to. And that is, how do I shift the negative voice inside my head? You know that inner critic that so many of us have that tell us we're not good enough, tell us we're never going to be successful? that negative voice that tries to get in our way all the time. You have it. I have it. We all have some version of that inner critic. Some people's inner critic is a little louder than others. Some people maybe have learned to tame their inner critic, but I think uh, I would be lying if I said that, you know, some, someone out there is, is free and never, never thinks bad thoughts about themselves. I think that's probably unrealistic. So learning how to live with that inner critic, how to silence that inner critic is really important and really valuable. And that's why this coaching call is such a good one and and something that's going to hopefully be really valuable to you as you listen to it. So if you are someone who struggles with negative self-thoughts, listen to this episode and listen to the coaching that I give and see if you can start to incorporate some of the things that I teach. Let's dive into the coaching conversation. Awesome. Um, So... I have been struggling with this for a long time and I finally reached out on circle Mm -hmm. and um, I've been writing back and forth to coach Julie about Mm -hmm. this a few days and I just got back from an amazing vacation with my family and um, we were in Hawaii. We were in swimsuits the whole time, which really sparked a lot of these feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And um, so I lost I lost about 20 pounds or so about five or six years ago. And then I put on about 15 pounds last summer Mm -hmm. and I didn't start feeling this until the change of seasons. And I started putting some of my pants on in the fall and I started feeling all of this tightness and I was coached 
in the fall about it. And I really started noticing it and really started getting in my head. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was trying on more and more pants, I'm feeling more and more tightness. And and I noticed my weight on the scales was obviously a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to Hawaii, I'm noticing all of my swimming suits were fitting a lot tighter. And I had a birthday my 49th birthday, the first Sunday, just a few days into our trip. And I just, um, I told myself that my birthday wish was that I wanted to give myself this last year of just self, just a positive self-talk that I really, the greatest wish for myself was that I didn't want to compare myself to anybody. I wanted to just be able to look in the mirror and tell myself that, that I looked, that I looked good and that I didn't want to compare myself to anybody else. And we do travel a lot with my husband's company and a lot of them are really younger girls Mm -hmm. and they all have really beautiful bodies and, um, they're, that's hard for me. And I do compare myself to them. Sorry. And, um, I try not to, and, um, and I just am so tired of, that negative self-talk and I just don't know how to get rid of it. And I just feel so stuck. And I've been coached on it several times with, um, with another coach that I have. And, um, and so I, I sat and I looked in the mirror that day in Hawaii and I said, this is the gift that I want to give to myself. I have so many friends that I would never talk to like this. I would never talk to my daughter like this. I would never talk to my sisters or, or any loved ones like this. I just want to give this gift to myself and I feel so stuck and I just don't know how to get out of it. And, um, and um, I, I feel like I'm making progress in this journey. I'm definitely losing some weight, but just as Elizabeth was saying, I could so relate to her because every picture that we looked at on the beach, like all the pictures my daughter was taking, I was like, Oh, I don't want to look at them. I'm seeing these little fat rolls <laughs> in, um, in the pictures. And I don't want to talk like that in front of my kids either. They're all older. Um, and so I just want to let go of that because I don't want that anymore. And especially the older I get and in front of my daughter, she's 23. And, um, so I'm stuck. I feel really, really stuck. And I, I know that that's a choice. And I know that, um, that, I loved how you said that it's a cost analysis and that it feels so much better to just let go of that, but I just don't know how. And I, I, I constantly tell myself that I can let go of that. Sorry. Um, I just don't know how, and I would love your help. And Julie has been really helpful over the past few days. Um, and here I am crying in front of all of you beautiful women. <laughs> So thank you. No, I mean, this is such a good conversation. And I know that so many women listening to this can relate because I mean, to give yourself a little bit of grace, Alicia, like you've been speaking this way to yourself. My guess is for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. So we can give a little bit of grace to yourself of anything we do repeatedly for a very long time. Isn't just going to be a flip of a switch. Yeah. So giving yourself some grace and recognizing that, um, having, 
having something be challenging to, to change is not the same as it being unchangeable. And I think that's what you were saying is like, this is something you can change. You can do it. It, It's going to require some effort. It's going to require some reprogramming of your brain because you've rode that path so many times. It's like when you go into a dirt road and there's like the ruts in the road, because that's where like the cars have gone. Like that's where you're at. It doesn't mean you can't get out of that rut, but it is a rut. It's like, you got to get up over the rut to be able to get onto a new, a new path of your thinking. And so giving yourself a little bit of grace of like, it's been a long time. You can change this. And at the same time, giving yourself some grace that it, it is going to take some time and it's going to take some effort but I can tell just by speaking to you that you're willing to put in that time and effort, right? Like what a beautiful like birthday wish to give to yourself. It's like (laughs) the desire is there. And if the desire is there, we can get, you know, I can get you there. Like we can get you the work. We can get you there. Like I can't create desire in you, but you already have the desire, which is beautiful. I can, I can work with that. The first thing that I think is really important to understand and dig a little bit deeper into we, you do this, for a reason. Yeah. Okay. There, there is something that you get from speaking this way to yourself. Yeah. Understanding that is going to be really important in helping you to let go of it. Do you have any sense as to why you do it? You know, what's interesting is Julie, uh, is it Julia or Julia? Coach Julia. Julia. Um, she asked me that yesterday. She, she asked that very same question. She said, can you think of an experience or anything that, um, that had triggered this? And I, I really can't. I, um, I said, you know, I'm going to really dig deep today. And um, this was yesterday and, and see if I can maybe think of something. So there is a difference between something that triggered it in the past mm-hmm. and a benefit that you're currently getting from it. Um. So sometimes we can't identify. And oftentimes like this is where therapy can come in sometimes where it's like there's childhood experiences that we had that we decided that that's the way it needed to be. And, and that's really, that's powerful and beneficial because we can kind of isolate why, you know, why we started doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that's also, that's separate from recognizing that you still continue. We don't do anything that doesn't have a benefit now. <laughs> like yeah. there's a benefit to you now, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't make sense, even if you, it feels horrible, there's something you're still getting now, which is why you're still doing it. If there was no benefit, it would be very easy to let go. Mm. The fact that you're still doing it tells me that there is some benefit to you, mm-hmm. which is why you keep doing it. And it, and it can be hard to tease out. Like, I'm going to work with you on this because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're like, what are you talking about? There's no benefit. All I do is feel right. better. Like there's no benefit. Right. Like, right. But, exactly. But there is. And this is where, and this is where we can start to figure out what that benefit is. It gives us a lot of insight into how to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So recognizing you come by this, honestly, let's figure out what, like what benefit it gives you. So yes, it feels terrible. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't like, we don't like it. Right. It doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. Like it feels terrible, mm-hmm. but if you take a step back, like what is, when you do that to yourself, what are you trying to do? Like there's, there's likely maybe even subconsciously something behind it. Um, there, it, there is a part of me that, cause I, I mean, I have said to myself, like what you were just saying a few minutes ago, that it is such a habit. 
Yes, of course. It's such a habit that I've thought, okay. I look in the mirror and I'm like, and I, and I, so Jody Moore is my coach. Like I love, so, yeah. mm-hmm. so where she says, I'm just going to say not today, Alicia, I'm not going to do this today, you know? And so then I'm like, well, I am doing it today, you know? And so I'm going to sit with myself and I'm just going to look in the mirror and say, yeah, you like, I do see that glob of fat hanging over the, you know, that muffin top and, and yeah, I can see it. And my cats do feel tight and you're right. There is no benefit to it, but I don't know whether like subconsciously I am feeling like, well, maybe by thinking that that does make, make me feel like I'm going to get to the lower weight. Maybe that's what it is. Often, often it is a misplaced motivation. Yeah. It is a way that we think we are motivating ourselves to change. And so by like pointing it out and, and identifying it, 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 it's misplaced, but it's this, this, like the subconscious thinks that if I point it out, if I shame it, if I make it bad, then I'll be more motivated to change it. Mm. And so understanding that there's a reason behind, like there's a reason it may be misplaced. Mm-hmm. It, may not be, it may not actually work. And I think you probably would tell anybody else, like it doesn't actually work. I don't actually lose the weight faster when I like sit there and hate on my fat rolls, <laughs> but, <laughs> but understanding yourself and recognizing, Oh, that's why, that's why I do it. Because on some level, some part of me thinks that'll help me change faster. That'll help me get what I want faster. Totally. And that's really beneficial because again, you're holding on to this. Cause you asked me the question, how do I let go? Yeah. Yes. So tight. So, so if we understand why the heck you're even still holding on, uh-huh. that can help us to figure out how to let go. Because when you start to recognize I'm holding on because I, on some level, I think this is motivational. Yeah. Or that I realize that it's actually not, it's actually the opposite that I'm actually demotivating myself. It actually feels terrible, which makes me not want to try, which makes me not want to work, which makes me not actually make progress. So while part of me thinks that this is motivational, it's actually doing the exact opposite. It becomes easier to, to let it go because you recognize, Oh, it's actually not doing what I want it to do. Yeah. And it, and it starts to shift slowly. Again, there's habitual, there's a habitual part to this. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been through module three where I talk about, Mm -hmm. um, reprogramming your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And part of that process is recognizing that that first thought mm-hmm. is very habitual. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to come. Yeah. She's she going to show up. Okay. Yeah. going to show up. <laughs> but everything from then on mm-hmm. is, is stoppable is like, we can put a, we can put a, a stop to it. We can change the way that we're thinking at any, any one of those points. And so, yeah, the habitual thought is going to come, but where the work happens mm-hmm. is identifying, acknowledging that thought and shifting away from it. And that becomes the practice that becomes the work that becomes the thing that you get better at over time mm-hmm. is seeing it happen, mm-hmm. acknowledging it and shifting so by sorry can I just pause you for one second so by just what I kind of maybe started out by saying that this 
this un, this un, displaced mm-hmm. motivation. What did you call it? This displaced this, motivation. Yeah, displaced motivation. Where I'm, where I'm not. Yeah, where it doesn't feel good. Where I'm like passing by the mirror, like oh, like I really do like this. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. that does not feel good. That, like I said, I would never do to anybody else. Yeah. Um, that's so habitual and so ingrained in myself that, um, yeah. So maybe just recognizing that and just even speaking that out loud, just this aha moment that, so even just like recognizing that to be able to put, to put a name on that is maybe the first step. That's right. That's exactly the first step. And the uh, really important point of that is recognizing that it's not you. Okay. I love that. It, this, this is, this is a, in, in meditation and in like mindfulness, this is a separation between it's, they talk a lot about separation between you and your thoughts. Like you are not your thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like Jody has talked about this, right. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so when a thought comes up, there is a, a thinker that thinks the thoughts and you are in control of that. And so when you, when a thought comes up, like, Oh, look at that, look at that gross woman over yeah. there. Yeah. Like, that's not you. Right. That's your thoughts. And you as the thinker of your thoughts can say that you can even dissociate. It's, it's called dissociation. When you like dissociate it from it, like you separate it from yourself, you dissociate from it and recognize like, Oh, Karen's saying the be upstairs, <laughs> like that's the be upstairs. <laughs> that's my inner critic, right? It's not me. It's, it's my, it's my thoughts. Like there she is again. Right. She's like showing up again, but right. that recognizing that because I am the thinker of my thoughts at any point, I can shift it and I can change it. And even just saying, oh my gosh, there it is again. She's so silly. She thinks that like by saying that it's going to be motivational. Like I get it. Like so much compassion, so much love. Like you think this is going to be motivational, but what I've actually learned is it's actually demotivational. Like it actually makes me worse. It makes things worse. It makes me not want to do the things. It actually doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. And so now me as the thinker of my thoughts, I can actually start to shift away from that into a new, Mm -hmm. into something new. I can think something new. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's what I'm saying is like the work and the practice Mm -hmm. that you'll get better at over time is acknowledging, saying, dissociating from it, and then intentionally shifting into something more powerful. Now, a lot of times you'll hear people be like, okay, so now we need to shift into like, my body is amazing and I love every yeah. And that can feel very, very challenging to make a big leap from like, I hate my body to like, I love everything about it. <laughs> so what I would encourage you to do is to have some ladder thoughts that okay. can kind of move you in that direction. There's a, a great, um, call with Amber Smith in the bonus in module zero. And we we teach this concept of how can we ladder our thoughts towards beliefs that feel more believable. Um, And I encourage you to do something like that. So when you're starting to shift, it's not from, I hate my body to, I love my body. It's like, I hate my body to there's my body, like a more of a neutral thought. I have a body. Um, there's a really good podcast episode. I am not going to be able to find the number you can go Google it, but it's called just a body. We had this hashtag in in beyond macros 101. We had a coaching call where we made up this hashtag called it's just a hashtag. It's just a body. Okay. I I put that coaching call onto the podcast so you can go and listen to it, but I encourage you um, to go listen to that because we had this conversation about how can we move from like hating our body to even just like a neutral there's, there's my body. Like it's 
it's a body. And I give in that podcast episode, I give an exercise that mm-hmm. um, you can kind of work yourself up to being able to do. Um, so I recommend going and get and, and uh, getting started on that. Um, you're, you're in a good spot, Alicia. Like I know it feels like you're not, but mm-hmm. uh, you are in a good spot to make a change with this. Yeah, and it's going to require work. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I can tell that you're willing to do that work. I am. Um, you're in a, you're in a good spot to, to make a change. Um, and, it, and it will happen. It will happen slowly, mm-hmm. and um, but it will happen. And one of the things that I really recommend, do you have anybody who you're like checking in with or doing an accountability group with or anything like that? Um, no, but I have a dear friend in this group. I think she's on here right now. She's one of my right. neighbors. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I can definitely reach out to her. I think she's well, on the, the reason I ask is because when we are creating um, a subtle change like this, mm-hmm. it is very, it's very hard for our brain to see the change. Yeah. And so having an outside perspective of somebody who can give you that perspective of seeing that shift in you before mm-hmm. you even can see it in yourself mm-hmm. can be very beneficial when we're talking about a mental shift, which is why having like a coach can be really beneficial. Having some sort of outside perspective that's not yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, Alicia, like you've made so much progress. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I you're like, yes, I can like hear in your language. I can hear how you're talking about it. Like you've made so much progress. It can just be helpful to have that outside perspective to be able to reaffirm that to you because we're really terrible at seeing our own progress. You think we're really terrible about seeing our own physical progress. We're real terrible about seeing our own mental progress. And so having some sort of um, outside entity that can provide that perspective for you can be really, really beneficial. Okay. That sounds so great. Thank you so, so much. This has been a huge help and I truly appreciate you going over your time. I am so grateful And thank you so, so, so much. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I signed up and that I took this leap of faith. It's been so huge and so helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. It was a great conversation. You're amazing, Alicia. Please, please keep me updated. I want to, I want an update. I will. I will. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye. I hope that coaching conversation was helpful. Like I said, in the intro, Negative self-thoughts are something that a lot of people struggle with, and it doesn't mean we have to get mad at ourselves. It doesn't mean we have to beat ourselves up, but understanding where they come from and how we can start to shift them is something that you can start to practice right now. And as you do it, it really can start to shift things for you and, and really change your life. And I think that maybe is a bold statement, but I don't think it's too far from the truth. I think if we can be kinder to ourselves, we know that that will, that will change everything. And, you know, Alicia said it in the podcast episode, but we speak, oftentimes we speak to ourselves in ways that we would never speak to anybody else. And so learning to shift that and change that into a more motivating self-talk really can change everything. So I hope you enjoyed this coaching conversation from Macros 101. If you want to get on the wait list for Macros 101, I highly recommend going to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash wait list. That's bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash wait list. And you can get on the list for the next time that we open up doors to Macros 101, where you can get your own individualized coaching on your fitness journey. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. 
Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And, you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.